Jonah chapter 2, uh, 1 through 10. If you would stand with me <clears throat> and kind of set the stage of this prayer, you probably, hopefully, you are a person that's pray that prays. Um, and, uh, and you might have heard the term about, you know, a foxhole prayer or, um, you know, where you're in, you're in a bind and you start praying to God. Well, don't wait for that, but that's what Jonah does. He, uh, the Lord appointed a great fish to swallow up Jonah, and Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. Um, and then in, in chapter 2, it says, Then Jonah prayed to the Lord his God from the belly of the fish, saying, I called out to the Lord out of my distress. And he answered me, out of the belly of Sheol, I cried, and you heard my voice. For you cast me into the deep, into the heart of the seas, and the flood surrounded me. All your waves and your billows passed over me. Then I said, I am driven away from your sight. Yet again, I shall look upon your holy temple. The waters closed in over me to take my life. The deep surrounded me. Weeds were wrapped about my head at the roots of the mountains. I went down to the land where bars closed upon me forever. Yet you brought up my life from the pit. O Lord, my God, when my life was fainting away, I remembered the Lord and my prayer came to you and to your holy temple. Those who pay regard to vain idols forsake their hope of steadfast love. But I, with the voice of thanksgiving, will sacrifice to you what I have vowed I will pay. Salvation belongs to the Lord. And the Lord spoke to the fish, and it vomited Jonah out upon the dry land. Let's pray together. God, if you can speak to a fish and get the fish to puke up a rebellious prophet, we ask that You would speak to us in our own stubbornness, in our own laziness, in whatever it is that might keep us from hearing Your voice, God. Speak to us. Break through whatever it is that we are, are battling today that's trying to keep us from living for You, from doing Your will, from uh, just being Your people in this world. God, speak to us in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated and uh, leave your Bible open today. And uh, if you look in your bulletin, you'll see sermon notes. And, uh, and if you want to fill in the blanks, there will be a highlighted or what you can fill in, in in the blanks. But let's talk a little bit today about when God asks you to do something. Uh, when God asks you to do something. My kids up here, when I ask them to do something, their reaction depends on what that something is. If I say, let's go to get snow cones and walk around Big Rocks, the answer is always yes, right? Let's go. Uh, if it's, hey, let's go chop firewood or something like that, uh, the answer is usually, oh, no thanks. Uh, and, uh, and we kind of have to encourage them to do that, right? Uh, and, uh, and that's how it is with us. We... Uh, we have no problem with God asking us to do things as long as we like them. <laughs> as long as it's something I want to do, God, go ahead and ask me. As long as it's somebody I want to love, go ahead and ask me, and I'll I'll go uh, I'll go share your love with them. But uh, but if it comes down to something I don't want to do or somebody I don't like, that's where Jonah got in trouble, and that's where we might get in trouble. So when God asks you to do something, first and foremost, don't run away. 
Run to Him. Uh, when God asks you to do something, recognize that. Wait a minute, God, I don't like this. Jonah could have said, Lord, the people of Nineveh are awful, and, uh, and he kind of does, but, uh, and, he, and he could have gone through that. But yet he had to come back to, but God, you asked me to do this, and I know you're good, and I know you're, you have all the wisdom there is to have. There's no better source uh, for wisdom and authority about what I should and shouldn't do with my life. So even though I don't like them, I'm going to run to you and do it, and I'm going to do what you want me to do. But that wasn't what Jonah did. And if you look at Jonah 1, uh, 1 through 3, clearly God's word comes to him. It says, go to Nineveh. Uh, it's a great city. I want you to call out against it, for their evil has come up before me. So God knew they were evil. God knew they were horrible people. But yet he still called Jonah to go. And Jonah rose to flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. So he ran. He took off. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that. Uh, and, uh, and so he ran away from God instead of running to God. And I, and I want to encourage you that God's going to, if you're going to follow God, if you're going to be a follower of Jesus Christ, there's going to come a time, probably really quickly, where he's going to ask you to do something you don't like. Or he's going to ask you to give up something and stop doing something that you really like, that you really think you're, you can't live without. And God's going to put you in a situation where you have to live without that. Or you're going to, you know, consequences are going to come. You're going to continue to uh, destroy your own life and your own family and relationships and whatever because you're running away from God and you refuse to let something go that God has clearly told you to let go. Look at Proverbs 18.10. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous man runs into it and is safe. So God's name is a strong tower. If you're a person that has the righteousness of Jesus Christ about you, if you're a person that's seeking God, run to God as your strong tower and you will find safety and security in Him. So stop running. Don't be like Jonah. Don't run from God. And then also don't hide from God. Don't hide from God. What does Jonah do? Uh, well, he, he finds the ship. He gets on the ship, and then not only that, but he crawls into the depths of the ship and falls asleep. So it's obvious that you know he's, he's trying to get as far away as he can from God and what God wanted him to do. And you don't need to do that. You don't need to hide from God when with confidence you can draw near to God. You can draw near to His throne of grace. Think about that. You don't have to run from God. You don't have to hide from God. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. We can run to God with, with confidence and not because of our works or because we're good people because we're not good people. If you read the whole story of Jonah and think about it, you're going to see that you have a Jonah-like heart. And, uh, and, and we deserve to be tossed in the sea. And, uh, and, and yet God has grace and mercy upon us through Jesus Christ as our Savior and our Lord. Psalm 139 is a great psalm to turn to to be reminded you can't run from God's Spirit. Where shall I go from your Spirit? Where shall I flee from your presence? 
And we might start thinking like Jonah did. Well, even if you ascend to heaven, God's there. If you go to the grave, Sheol, if you go to the grave, God's there. You can't run. You can't hide from God. There's nowhere you can go. Spend some time this week in Psalm 139. Recognizing that God knows everything about you and God cannot be is not someone you can run from. In Revelation 6, the kings of the earth, and this is a prophecy of the end times, the kings of the earth and the great ones and the generals and the rich and the powerful and everyone slave and free hid themselves in the caves and among the rocks of the mountains, calling on the mountains and the rocks, fall on us and hide us from the face of Him who is seated on the throne and from the wrath of the Lamb. For the great day of their wrath has come and who can stand? There will be a day where there's no more hiding from God. There's no more running from God. This world and everybody in it will be called to account for their sin. For their you know, living godless lives for breathing God's air and living in God's body and all that you've taken advantage of and all that you've done to not pay praise and worship the God that created us, all the sin will be, will be punished. And that is the great day of God's wrath. And you will not stand in that day unless you belong to Jesus Christ. Unless with confidence you've drawn near to the throne of grace by trusting in Jesus Christ as your Savior and Lord. The heart of the Bible is that. That wrath is coming. Every day is a day of grace and mercy. Every day that we, uh, we see grace and peace and you know have, have things, I mean, we should be praising God because it's going to end. And there is a day of wrath coming. And if you... We all should rejoice in that and look forward to that day that sin will end, that human trafficking will end, that disease and suffering and all these things that sin have caused will end. And that all the people that with a heart, you know, they're wholeheartedly reject God will be part of that wrath that comes. Don't hide from God. Today you can with confidence draw near to His throne. Don't be like Jonah trying to crawl into whatever you're trying to crawl into thinking you're going to get away from God. And then also don't sink. Don't sink when God is calling you to walk by faith and not by sight. It's easy to look at the news today to think about people in Afghanistan or Haiti or wherever it is and just sink in despair. People in in COVID in hospitals struggling with COVID or people that can't even get into the hospitals and it's easy to sink in despair or whatever else it might be that's causing you to try to sink when God's saying walk by faith not by sight I'm not telling you to look at all that for answers I'm telling you to trust me and believe in my goodness and that's what Jonah refused to do and so even though he was in this boat and the storm came and the guys that you know gave him the ride had to wake him up, and uh, and finally he admits this is my fault. And instead of repenting and crying out to God and saying, "Forgive me, God, and and please calm this storm. Don't kill these guys because of my sin," 
He says, throw me overboard. I, you know, I'm still running from God. I still don't want to talk to those Ninevites. I still don't want to help those people. So throw me overboard. He wants to sink. He decides he wants to sink instead of trusting in God and believing in God. And so they throw him overboard. Don't be like that. Psalm 69, 1-3 says, Save me, O God, for the waters have come up to my neck. I sink in deep mire where there is no foothold. I have come into deep waters and the floods sweep over me. I am weary with my crying out. My throat is parched. My eyes grow dim with waiting for my God. And then he says in verse 13, But as for me... My prayers to you, O Lord. At an acceptable time, O God, in the abundance of your steadfast love, answer me in your saving faithfulness. Deliver me from sinking in the mire. Let me be delivered from my enemies and from the deep waters. Let not the flood sweep over me or the deep swallow me up or the pit close its mouth over me. Answer me, O Lord, for your steadfast love is good. According to your abundant mercy, turn to me. Hide not your face from your servant, for I am in distress. Make haste to save or to answer me. Don't sink. In Matthew, there's a reference there in Matthew 14, and I'll let y'all read the whole story, but Jesus is walking on the water and Peter sees him. And so Peter says, I want to walk on the water. And so he takes a step and he starts to walk on the water. And then he looks at a wave or a storm coming and he looks away from Jesus and then he starts to sink. And what does he cry out? Lord, save me. And Jesus immediately reached out, grabbed Peter and saved him. And he said, oh, you of little doubt, why? Or oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? And so that's a great illustration. Don't sink. Don't sink into uh, looking to something else other than Jesus Christ. Looking for some power other than the Holy Spirit's power to help you. You've got to believe. You've got to trust. You've got to walk by faith and not by sight. And then 2 Corinthians 5-7. Great Bible verse to memorize today. Walk by faith, not by sight. That's the challenge for us today. The media is saying, look at this, look at that, horror, destruction, terror, it's awful. You know, get on pills or whatever you got to do to survive. Go, you know, get addicted to something to get through the day. No, walk by faith and not by sight. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Your soul, and I'm not saying, I'm not saying medication is bad. We need medication sometimes, but you know what I mean. <laughs> things that, that God's not asking you, things that you don't need in your life. Walk by faith and not by sight. Trust in Him. Turn to Jesus Christ. Don't be like Jonah. And then, when you feel like running away from God, when you feel like sinking into a pit of despair, we can learn something from Jonah. Finally, he's swallowed up by the fish. It's a big fish now. It used to be a whale. You can decide that on your own. Nobody really knows. Um, And what does he do uh, when he is finally swallowed by that fish? He prays. That's the prayer that we read. He shares his heart with God. First of all, in verse 1, he calls out to the Lord. Call out to God in your distress. 
as a, as a believer living in this world of sin, you're going to feel like running away. There's going to come a time you feel like hiding from God. So you're going to just want to sink into the despair and the doubt and the discouragement. Call out to God in your distress. That's the first good thing Jonah has done. He prayed to God. He crawled out to the Lord. He says, I'm calling out to the Lord out of my distress. And He answered me. Call out to God in your distress. Look again to God, to Him for mercy and grace and healing and help. He says in verse 4, I was driven away from your sight, yet I shall again look upon your holy temple. That's resurrection hope. He knows that God is going to deliver him from the belly of this fish. Look again to God. If you've turned away, if you've been like Peter and you've looking at the winds or the waves and you got distracted and you're sinking, look again to Him. His mercy is still there. His grace is still there. His healing is still there. His help is still there. Remember the Lord. He says, when my life was fainting away, I remembered the Lord. When my life was fainting away, I remembered the Lord. Remember the Lord. Build a devotional life, a worship life, you know, connection with other Christians so that you're constantly remembering you need the Lord. You, need to, you don't ever get to a place where you don't need the Lord. You need the Lord. Remember the Lord. And then pray and live in the truth that salvation belongs to the Lord. It says, but I with, in verse 9, but I with the voice of thanksgiving will sacrifice to you what I have vowed I will pay. Salvation belongs to the Lord. Think about that. In the depths of the sea, in the sight of a great fish, this man is declaring salvation belongs to the Lord. Pray and live in that truth. Acts 4.12 There is salvation in no one else. For there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. There's no other name given among people that we can be saved. So if people were to ask you, why do you go to church? Why do you go to, the, why do you go to that church? Or why do you read that Bible? Or why do you follow Jesus? Or why are you a Christian? Because there's salvation in no one else. There is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. There is no other salvation. Well, what about these other ideas? What about these other religions? There's salvation in no one else. Acts 4.12 is a verse we ought to all know. I respect that they can believe, you know, God's given them the right to believe whatever they want to believe, but there's salvation in no one else. I don't have to be ugly with them. I don't. I can't hate them. God doesn't allow me to hate them, or to you know. But I can. I cannot believe what they believe. I can stand true to Jesus and declare salvation belongs to no one else. There is salvation in no one else. But it sounds so good, and they look like they're having fun, and you know it's so attractive, and that's that, that's that appeals to me. That feels right to me. That's fine. That you know what's not really fine, but whatever feels right is not always good to us, is it? 
Often we, we feel the wrong things. And so we've got to remember that. Yeah, they, it looks cool. And yeah, it may sound good, but there's salvation in no one else. There is salvation in no one else, for there's no other name given among people by which we must be saved. Salvation belongs to the Lord. Have you confessed with your mouth that Jesus is Lord? Have you believed in your heart that God raised Him from the dead? Do you love the Lord with all your heart and all your soul and all your mind and all your strength? Do you love your neighbor as yourself? Are you in a relationship with God that says, even if I don't like it, I'm going to do it, God. Whatever you call me to do, I'm going to do. Whoever you call me to love, I'm going to love. Wherever you call me to go, I'm going to go. Because there's salvation in no one else. There's nowhere else to turn for hope and eternal life except Jesus Christ. If you haven't confessed with your mouth, Jesus is Lord. If you haven't believed with all your heart that God raised Jesus Christ from the dead, do that today. There's no gimmicks. We're not trying to sell you anything. Uh, I don't get a bonus if uh, a bunch of people come down the aisle. Right? You've got to, you've, it's just about you. You've got to turn to the Lord. You've got to realize that we are on a wide road that heads for destruction. You're born on that road. Destruction is coming. There's a grave coming for you. There's a great fish coming to swallow you up. And that fish is destruction. And yeah, that wide road, man, it seems cool and everybody's on it. But it leads to destruction. It leads to death. It leads to hell. It leads to separation from God forever and ever and ever. And there is salvation available to you today. And that salvation is through Jesus Christ. Believe in Him. Trust in Him. Turn to Him today. Let's pray together. God, we just ask You to move in this place. We call out to You in our distress. God, we pray for all that's going on in this world with Afghanistan, with believers there under threat of persecution or death, and we pray for them. We thank You that You're their hope and You're their help and You're their strength and that You will bring them into Your kingdom. God, we just think about people all over the world struggling and nurses and doctors and everyone that's fighting against this COVID and this outbreak, God, and we pray for all those people. And yet, God, we also know that there might be those here right now that are lost on that wide road to destruction. And we just pray that You would help them right now to pray. Just like Jonah called out in the belly of that fish, they would call out to You in the, in the midst of their sin and that they would ask You to save them that they would ask You to be the Lord of their life, that they would confess today that You're Lord, that they would believe today that, God, You raised Jesus from the dead, and that they would be saved. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We encourage you now, if you feel led by God, to make a public profession of your faith and to come.